With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Oh, we're recording. Hi. Hi, it's me. It's David Campbell. It's here to go. It's Saturday. It's Saturday drafting. It's Saturday draft live. And we are going to be talking about the week that was in the draft. It's an exciting time, wouldn't you say, Jack? It's an absolutely lovely time. You know, the the first pay-per-view of the season is coming up. There's plenty of points to be had. There's plenty of gap to extend. I'm very happy. Happy to be here, of course. Happy to be here. That's good. And someone else who's happy to be here, uh, the gym freak, the buff man of ESSR, is Mr. David Hockney. How are you, Dave? How's those guns doing? Uh, gun show is uh, officially open for the weekend. And oh. I'm once again uh, heading to the gym later today. Like, yeah. you got to be, got to be, you know, keeping that exercise up, keep your, keep your health in good shape. Dave, we could call you a <laughs> buff capwell. You know what I mean? Did you see what I did there? <laughs> yeah, did you yeah, see very what good. I, did there? I liked it. Someone who I uh, know didn't like it and thought that was the worst joke in the planet. He is our Lord and Saviour. It is Mr. Stephen Wilson. Ah, uh, gents, it's good to be back at the party today. Mm, uh, yes. Oh, fuck to... off. Thank you, Jack. Thank you. The party is over. The party is over. You're a bunch of clowns. All right? I won't have it. If I see one of your faces in George Square in the news, I'm going to do that Leonardo DiCaprio gif from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and immediately phone the police on you. <laughs> David, David I'm, sticking, I'm sticking my waterproof on, sitting in my back garden, just down, <laughs> jumping on my trampoline. With oh, that's, that's what you'll see me here. Steven on a trampoline with a flare. It's like those Jack Black <laughs> That's what's going to be going on in the Wilson households. But anyway, we need to be talking about the draft. We will be going through the top three of the week. At number three this week, with nine points, it is from Team Viscera. It's Gary with Rhea Ripley. She had a really good night on Raw, the Raw Women's Champion, managing to defeat Asuka in singles competition. Stephen, I'm going to come to you first. Um, when you picked Bianca Belair in the first round, it's something we'll, we'll talk about your team obviously later on. Were you expecting Rhea Ripley to go that soon, like immediately after you at the number two pick? And do you, what do you think about that move from Gary? Do you think it was wise? Uh, I thought she'd go quite soon. I uh, I was between Rhea and Bianca. I thought uh, I was probably more later on. I probably thought Bianca was going to have a longer reign, which is probably why I swayed to her. Mm. So Rhea was always going to be high up. 
Uh, did I expect her to be winning on Raw very soon, very cleanly? No, I didn't. But nah, it's a fine pick. If she didn't go with Gary, I think Dave would have picked her. And Jack probably would have picked her if Brew had been picked. So, mm. yeah, it's a smart move and it's paid dividends early on, even though Gary's not had the best of starts. Yeah, it's interesting because she's now number four for the season. And it seems like we could be, because last season it seemed to be a bit of a lull for the female competitors in the draft. I think it's, it's safe to say, outside one or two standouts. Uh, Rhea Ripley now fourth overall for the season. And it seems she's leading the charge of, of women scoring higher points. Now, someone else who's doing the same, we have to go to Christian Cage's instant classics with Sarah Grieve and Jack. All Rangers fans need to go to the dentist. Let's have you talk about the dentist. (laughs) (laughs) Britt Baker, DMD. She's the new number one contender for the TNT title. And with double or nothing on the horizon. The TNT title. Oh, my God. (laughs) Is she challenging me, though? Listen, Dave gets four botches a show. Leave me alone. Uh, but she's number one contender for the women's title. Uh, Jack, what are you thinking about Britt Baker? Do you think she'll get the job done? And she's fifth overall in the season rankings right now. Do you think she could continue to rise as we progress throughout this season? Yeah, I think the the job will be done for Sarah and Britt Baker. Obviously, she picked her last season when she was a tag team with Strack, thinking it would happen then. Unfortunately, it didn't. But I guess I think it's an absolute certainty that it's going to happen at double or nothing, especially with the captaincy on her now, because it was originally on Kenny Omega and Don Callis, I believe, at the beginning, and she changed it after week one. So that will get her a lot of points, and I think. I, I, I'd, I'd be quite confident in saying that Britt Baker could potentially be the best scoring female this season. It's interesting, and it takes a, a brave player, I think, to change your captaincy that early into a really long season when she's seen, look, I've made a mistake, I'm not going to be hesitant about it. I think that's a wise move in Sarah's part, and it will serve her well going forward. But also... It's a wise move. I'm not going to come to Jack this week on this pick, Dave. <laughs> he's just going to go about it. I'm going to come to you. It's Drew McIntyre scoring an R10 points once again. He's still top of the table for the season. One of the best draft picks of all time. The question is, Dave, mm-hmm. do you see Drew's momentum slowing down as we head further and further into the summer months? Or do you think that this train is just going to keep chugging down that track? Well, if certain reports are to be believed, it looks like Drew has a potential big feud for the summer, but it doesn't seem to be involving the WWE Championship, which makes me think that his momentum could either derail, uh, for lack of a better word, either backlash or possibly even money at the bank at the latest. So this run of momentum, it's certainly a huge boost for Jack's team and the captaincy on him because it was a a no-brainer to put the captaincy on such a dominant draft performer over the last few seasons, and he's still sitting at the top of the table with 34 points. It's those consistent appearances, though, that are still going to... They're going to rack up points throughout, but maybe not quite get as many big points, you know, on pay-per-view, you know, compared to, like, you know, being out of the title matches and just being in regular one-on-one matches. That's where I think, you know, Drew might start to slip a bit, but I don't see him, you know, sort of falling so far down the table that, you know, his scoring doesn't, you know, become relevant to the rest of the team. Yeah, it is a big, I'll come to Jack, because obviously this is the linchpin of your team in your season. Like, do you share those concerns of of Dave that it could slow down a wee bit, especially if the, like we talked, the food for gender is what's being talked about. Um, and obviously to make gender a credible threat, you'd think maybe he needs to get at least one win over Drew 
within that? Like, what's your thoughts on that? Unfortunately, I believe that Dave is talking utter pish. <laughs> uh, it's it's the thing that like I, I I've said it for the past couple of weeks. Like I've I've, I've been quite vocal in saying that I don't think Drew's winning the title on Sunday. And obviously, it's rumoured that this big feud with Jinder is going to happen. As the reason I'm going to say it's big is because it's Drew McIntyre and it's in it. Is like your your star player doesn't need to be the champion of a show, and Drew McIntyre as a star player for Raw, regardless of what feud he's going to be, he's going to be wrestling year on every week on Raw. He's going to be getting those appearances. As Dave said, he might not get the big pay per view points that he get for winning a title match. But I'm going to make up those points every week on Raw. You know what I mean? Like, look at that. Drew Drew gets a DQ win. I think this week he gets he didn't win last week and he's still got like nine points or whatever. So this is it's I'm I'm not worried. Yeah, hey, Stephen, you want to weigh in as the the neutral party here? Yeah, <laughs> uh, the good thing about Drew is he's a he's on Raw about three or four times a date. You know, so even if he doesn't win on Sunday, even if he doesn't have a lot of win doesn't win all the feud the matches with this feud with gender. I don't know where the word big comes in this feud, but even with Drew. Uh but gender's in good shape to be fair. Uh, Maybe that's where it comes in. Gender's in bed, slapping me. Gender's in good shape, but so is a lot of uh, people who aren't used on the I mean Ricochet's a six pack man. Jesus and he's on main event. Um yeah I wouldn't be worried if I was Jack either to be fair. It's yeah. uh Unless the raw appearances start to dry up, then I start to maybe be a bit shaky. But at the moment, I wouldn't be worried. The table reflects that. I shouldn't be worried. In last place, we have Mr. Scott McLeod. Um, he's he's sitting. Serves him right, that bloomin', yeah. the way he drafted him is <laughs> last season. He blames me for it all. <laughs> oh, look where you are now, Scott. Look where you are now. <laughs> look at your laurels. Uh, then we have the people's opposition, uh, Ryan Douglas on 51 points, Denston Classics on 52 with Sarah. Uh, Ross's team uh, is on is 52 as well. I've forgotten their name. I'm Alan gonna, Laurie Loyal, get it right. I'm not going to say that name. Uh, Gary, Gary is up next. He's on 55. Oh, fuck. Uh, <laughs> 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 Today of all days. Oh um, gosh. <laughs> um, sliding down the table a wee bit is Team Goat with 62. Stephen Wilson with the top one percent are just above us on 64. Uh, the West End Country Club continues a, a steady rise up the table with 68 points. We then have the man, the myth, the legend, Northman Southman Conway's all Ryan Ryan Garka <laughs> with 74 points at the top of the table. They're relegated, they're liquidated, but it's still the same fantasy team. 94 points for Jack Graham, still sitting pretty at the top of that table. Jack, you've got it enough. Let's, uh, let's, cut, let's cut the table crap. All right, backlash is coming up. We know there's, there's chance for points this Sunday. We'll evaluate what impact that has next week on the show. But for now, it's time to go downstairs and microwave your takeaway for last night that you just couldn't quite finish. As David Hockney tells us the scores of the listeners league take it away dave yeah and i tell you what microwave leftover pizza is one of the best things for uh for a hangover so uh but yeah we'll uh, we'll move straight into the listeners league and some recurring names uh, appearing in the top five this week and it seems to be a hotly contested battle for you know breaking into the top five and also for second place so we'll start at uh fourth and fifth respectively both of them have got 80 points we have johnny adam with bam bam gigolos and colin blackburn with just too sweet now johnny adam's been one that sort of recently broke into the top five uh 
So his team uh, has benefited from Britt Baker scoring, you know, big points this week, even though his team captain this week's the Young Bucks, you know, successfully defended the titles against SCU, which have now split up. So those were his two major wins this week, and that's keeping him firmly uh, in the top five. Uh, for Collins' team, though, he's been sort of slowly working his way up as well. His team captain, Rhea Ripley, has also been scoring big points this week, along with Cesaro getting a, a good win and multiple appearances on SmackDown, and also propped up with the likes of Damian Priest and Braun Strowman. So Collins got a very good team on paper, very similar uh, to, to my team almost, but uh, he's uh, he's definitely performing well, holding fourth place. Then we go into joint second and third. So th- we have JP again uh, returning from last week with shirts and balls out on 83 points. And then breaking back into the top five this week after a bit of a dip, it's Tom Brock and the Tilburg Trappers. Now, Tom, uh, his team captain is Drew McIntyre. Obviously, as we discussed, one of the best draft performers uh, of all time. And once again, he makes the top top three tables this week. And somebody on his team that's actually had a very strong performing week is Thunder Rosa. Uh, who scored seven points, I believe, just missing out on the top three, but still a very, very strong performance. And his tag team is the Young Bucks, who, as we mentioned, successfully defended the tag titles this week. He's still operating with uh, with a man short, unfortunately, because his fifth round pick is Daniel Bryan, and he's currently a free agent at the minute. So, I mean, but for Tom to still be holding, you know, this position in the listeners league with with one less person is still pretty damn impressive. Uh, as for JP, though, let me see if I just find him. Yeah. So his team captain is Charlotte Flair. Now, she's obviously in a prime position to win the Raw Women's title at Backlash this week. Uh, but he's also being propped up by Britt Baker, who is obviously one of the top three scorers this week. Where I think his side might be letting him down is MJF, who, who despite getting the big win at Blood and Guts, hasn't exactly been much of a big scorer this season thus far. But once person that is propping his team up is Randy Orton, who's getting a lot of momentum currently with Matt Riddle as part of Team RK-Bro. And to keep up with Tom as well is uh, still a very good sign of of his team doing well. But, and I'm sounding like starting to sound like a broken record again, once again, taking the top spot with a near 20-point gap is Ross Brady with the talented Mrs. Ripley. Now, Ross has been very much in command of this entire listeners league right from the get-go. I mean, just look at his team. He's got Rhea Ripley, he's got Britt Baker, he's got both members of Team RK-Bro, and he's also got Damian Priest as his team captain, who has been booked in a lumberjack match at Backlash against The Miz. I think it's it's easy to probably suggest that Priest is the favourite going into this. So if a captaincy win on pay-per-view is just going to increase his his gap even further. And if Rhea Ripley can retain the Raw Women's Championship, it'd be another massive boost for him. So Ross is definitely in a very, very strong position at the minute. Will he increase his lead even more? Uh, we'll find out following Backlash. So back to you, Goat. Well, what's interesting about Priest is if Jack had put the captaincy on Priest instead of McIntyre, there'd be no difference to his team. Uh, they'd win the same amount of points. And that's, that's actually... True, yeah. That's actually Damian, quite that's quite impressive. Damian Priest, yeah, Damien Priest is uh, currently just broken at the the top ten this season, joint with Cesaro in ninth place. Yeah, interesting. I got a Channel Four welcome pack there, and they've given me like Channel Four. You know those Love Heart Sherbet sweets. So I was just tucking into them while the listeners' <laughs> league discussion was going on. It was wonderful. Uh, but Stephen, you're here. You're on the show. Um, yes. I, yeah, yeah, I, I'm very astute. Um, but we have we have to break down your team. We're going to ask you a couple of questions each. I'm going to get the ball rolling. All right. And it's the question I've been sort of dying to ask you. All right. Bianca Belair, mm-hmm. the number one pick. 
here's my question. If you could turn back time, and share wishes you could, if you could find <laughs> a way, would you have picked Drew McIntyre over Bianca Belair? Yes or no? No. Why? Why not? Uh, no. Uh, I feel like the way this, the way the landscape would have landed, you need a strong, I think you always need a strong female. And I felt like the way this was going, there wasn't going to be many left by the time it came back to my shot. Mm. I feel like I would have, I mean, if you look at the females who were picked, you know, from the rounds after, Britt Baker aside, they're all doing pretty good. Let's be brutally honest. So I feel like to have a str- to have a strong female would, is more beneficial. And I feel like in the long term of this season, especially such a long season, I feel like Bianca will probably still have the belt come SummerSlam time. Yeah. Which means that she'll pick up wins on the pay-per-views. She's appearing on SmackDown, albeit not as regularly as Drew appears on Raw. But I feel like over the course of the season, she will pay benefit more than Drew will. I feel like maybe Drew might still, still do well. He'll still be up the top three of the season by any means, but he might slow a wee bit. He might start to plateau a wee bit in his scoring, yeah. while as Bianca will start to even out, I feel. Yeah, go up. I'll get that. And obviously there's a lot of positives to your team. You're, you're high up the table and the guys will get to that. But the big headline story coming out of SmackDown last night was that Nia and Shayna, who were the top scoring tag team in draft history last season, lost the titles to Natalia and Tamina. Now, I just need to ask you, you've got them on your team. Does this give you cause for concern? Are you worried that they could be seeing the end of Nia and Shayna here and their run as the most dominant women's tag team in WWE? I'm not worried yet. Uh, I feel like WWE could easily just put the belts back on them in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, maybe feel like they're maybe doing this to kind of have a feel-good moment because, you know, Tamina and Natalia, they really need a feel-good moment. Tamina does see it. We live in a really, really, really bad time. (laughs) Tamina, what is going on? Tamina's the true true 11-year veteran story right now. It takes her 11 years to win her first major championship in WWE. She's over, you know. And people are moaning about The Fiend coming out of a box at WrestleMania. Come on, get a grip, folks. T- to go back to the question, David, I'm not worried as it stands because I feel like WWE will still keep them about that picture at the moment. They should be able to appear maybe on two programmes still. They might find a way to do that. They might go to money in the bank. But if they don't win the title and things start to descend a wee bit in the next few weeks, transfer window, I might end up having to shunt them. Mm. I might not. I might keep them. I might play tactics and just spite myself a wee bit, but uh, it would be interesting because if you you release Nia and Shayna, you've got to find their hot their hot tickets for everyone else down the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially people who have Becky Lynch in the last round. Well, <laughs> we can we can talk, Stephen. Talk. <laughs> you know where my DMs are. Uh, my line of questioning is over, gentlemen. Sustained for now, Jack Graham. You have the floor, sir. Uh, one, one thing before I ask a question, I think one of your comments there you made, uh, Stephen, that like everyone that was picked after Bianca Belair, aside from uh, Britt Baker, are doing pretty guff. I think that's I think that's wrong. I would I would say that's quite wrong. You've yes, Jack, we know you have Cand- we know you have Candice LeRae. We know yeah, she's doing what, well. What about, what about Indy Hartwell? What what mm-hmm. about uh, Thunder Rosa? Jack, what about you know Indy what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they are they are they are near on equal to what you what your point is. Yeah. 
on of Bianca Belair. So I think I, I, I maybe a bit brash from you, but I, I, I digress. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah, yes. You make a fair point, Jack. Would I pick Candice LeRae, Indy Hartwell, or Thunder Rosa in the second round when I'm picking first? No. That's that was not what the question was before <laughs> that. But as I said. I digress, I digress. What I want to talk about is your your very last draftee, Chris Chris Jericho. After, obviously lost blood and guts, caught the stadium stampede at double or nothing. I, I, I'm presuming this is what you had in mind, but when you look at some of the picks that were picked in that last round ahead of Chris Jericho, you got Braun Strowman, 15 points. I was, obviously, I said Candles Lorraine, 14. You got Kyle O'Reilly. On ten points, you got Randy Orton in sixteen. Was was Chris Jericho always in your thinking as your last round competitor there, or was it just a spur of the moment decision? Uh, it was a bit more of a spur of the moment at the time. I think I was undecided. I think a lot of what I did was kind of dictated by the guys that came in front of me. I mean, when I picked Matt Riddle, I was originally hoping that Apollo Cruz was still going to be there, but obviously Ryan picked him. But Matt Riddle is still doing pretty well, so I'm not complaining about that. But Jericho, I kind of felt. I wanted to kind of balance it. I didn't want any more Raw. I didn't want any more SmackDown. I kind of wanted uh, maybe an NXT or a SmackDown or, a, or a AEW guy. And Jericho was the one guy kind of stood out to me as somebody who appears quite a lot. He's always on Dynamite regardless. He had the Blood and Guts match coming up. I originally thought that Inner Circle were going to win that because my logical thinking as a wrestling fan is you have a big match that's like Blood and Guts, it's going to end the feud. Nope. Completely wrong. Um, so that was where I kind of fought in that one. Then I thought he would continue to appear as the time went on. So it's not paid off so much right now. It's another one I think in the long season could benefit me. But of all my picks in my team, Jericho is the one I'm more worried about not getting a lot of points. I think Ty Conte will become good and she will start winning matches on at least Dark Elevation. But Jericho is I'm concerned about. That Randy was, was a fantastic pick, by the way. I thought he was going to get written off, so fair play to Ryan on that one. That was that was my next question of uh, Ty Conte. Obviously, two points. She lost the title match straight away, and I think it's only been on Dark Elevation for once, I believe, and got got mm-hmm. the win. So it's a bit a bit bit dried up after that. Obviously, you, you spoke about the transfer window. Is if pattern continues for Conte is is that someone you're considering having to get rid of because it's, it's you are you are definitely in that kind of top three push to go go for go for gold here yeah I think at the time when we, when we picked Ty Conte wasn't a really hot streak I believe she was on a lot of other people's wanted lists I think a couple of you guys at least had Ty Conte in your consideration so to get her I thought was a get at the time but obviously, she got put in the title match very early on in the season, lost it, and she's not really done much since then. So if it does continue, she will be very high on my dropping block. Not my luck, I would get rid of her, and she starts winning and goes on another hot streak. So that's a hard thing with sometimes with AEW. Sometimes the way they dictate their hot streaks can not be a benefit from this particular game. But I hope that Elevation... If it kind of follows what happens with Thunder Rosa, Thunder Rosa's been on a couple of elevations in a row, winning, and now she's got herself a match on Dynamite coming up. So I hope something similar happens with Conte. And I think for the round that I picked her in, it could still pay off, but it's not not the start I wanted from her, I think it's fair to say. 
I, ha- it, I have to say, I'm actually quite happy he took Ty Conte, because if you did, that was great. <laughs> so I'm happy Red Velvet's actually got more points than him. Um, mm-hmm. But, Dave, we've laid into Stephen quite a bit. Yep. Any any positives to bring him uh, before he goes today? Maybe leave him uh, in a happy mood? No, I'm just going to grill him the same way you guys are. And, <laughs> Stephen, I appreciate your thinking about Ty Conte and, you know, her. Maybe you're thinking sort of more the long-term picture when it comes to her, but... At one point, she was sitting on minus one on your team, whereas I'm actually genuinely surprised that you didn't even consider dipping into the the NXT pool of uh, like female picks, given that your team has zero NXT representation whatsoever. I mean, I appreciate you know one of your female picks is Bianca Belair because that was that was a bit of a no brainer. But what 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 was going through your mind when you decided not to choose somewhat choose a female pick from what is arguably the best women's division in, in all of wrestling? And look at how many picks you've missed out on that have been scoring big picks like Candice LeRae, Indy Hartwell, uh, even to an extent, you know, picks like uh, Frankie Monet, for example, who's going to get more exposure as the weeks go on. Well, Dave, I respect what you say, but uh, I couldn't pick Indy Hartwell because Ryan had already picked her. So that made that decision a lot easier for me. <laughs> uh, NXT-wise, I feel like in the past, the women's division, we granted, great women's division, but very inconsistent in terms of a point scorer. Uh, I've found in the past when I've picked people from that pool, it's not really worked to, to the best for me. Raquel Gonzalez last season is the example, but I picked her very late on, so I thought that was a a wise move at that point. Uh, a couple of seasons ago, I picked Io Shirai first round, did absolutely hee-haw. Uh, I picked Scarlett last season's transfer win, what, transfer season, and she just kind of floated about and kind of propped up my, my team. Uh, and I'm, lo- I'm looking at the NXT scorers from the female side of things, and Conte isn't scoring great, but other than Hartwell and Candice LeRae, not any women in NXT currently really are. Frankie Monet's got five, so that's three points extra. You know, Mercedes Martinez has got four, so is Tony Storm. The Dakota Kai's got three, you know. So there's not really many other people in there that I kind of thought, yeah, they could be a big scorer. Well, as, we kind of, as we've established, Ty Conte going into the season was red hot on the B shows on, on the AEW. She was appearing occasionally on Dynamite. Uh, and everybody was been raving about her online, so I felt like she was going to be in that position just underneath the likes of Baker and Shida. I can never remember her name. Clearly, AW can't remember her name. You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, yeah, that was my thing. I didn't think anybody else was going any better. It was left in the pool. If Candice LeRae, I've always found is hit or miss at times. This season is proven a hit at least, so fair play to Jack on that particular one. I'm going to blow smoke up his arse. Like, he love that. <laughs> and so, yeah, that was my thinking. I don't. Uh, Io Shirai was probably one that could have went, but as we've seen, she's kind of taken a wee bit of a step back recently. So she may come good later in the season. She may be an option for the transfer window, but as of now, I'm still happy with Conte. There it is. There it is. Dave, any more questions? Uh, no, that's all I had. All right, Jack, do you have anything else? Um, I guess because obviously we've not gone through the last uh, two people left in your team. I'll, I'll take one, and you could take the the other one, Campbell, if you so if you so please. If you have a, if you have a question for him, but I'll go Matt Riddle. I, I presume you wouldn't have had in your mind that this this RK Bro shenanigans was going to happen. Obviously, not a chance. <laughs> it's it's proved out very like like substantial for you with uh, your 
your third round pick. I believe being the the highest scoring third round pick in the draft so far is d- depending. As you said, you're, you're hoping that Bianca Belair continues in a, in a kind of good streak, especially kind of going to SummerSlam with like plenty of SmackDown appearances to get your caps their points up. But say that doesn't, and it's a kind of same same trend we've got kind of recently. Would would you consider a captaincy change to Matt Riddle at any point? Uh, he's the one guy on my team who I would probably put on if I was going to change it. I feel a bit hypocritical because I was on a show last season where I kind of had a go at Dave for not putting his captaincy on Riddle early on, and I've pretty much not done the same. But I don't think any of us could have imagined this RK Bro thing happening. I thought Riddle was maybe just going to float about under the under the surface a wee bit. He might have went back into a feud with Sheamus. He might have got some appearances on Raw, maybe not winning the title matches. But for him now to be prominently placed with one of the top guys WWE has in the form of Orton, I can't see very many losses happening for him until the point that they maybe decide to split them, which could be SummerSlam if they're going to do it. My personal feeling is... So, I, I would consider it if this continues, but you know what WWE is. They might just decide to split them up very early and then that's going to be wasted when it all gets papped. So, yeah, it's it's went a lot better than I thought it was. I thought Riddle might have got like somewhere maybe in the kind of... At this particular stage in the season, I thought he maybe would have been in the similar points, maybe as Sheamus, maybe a bit less. So, to me, double that is a nice welcome bonus and I'm quite happy about that. Yeah, and I don't want to see you've stumbled into luck but I do think you have to a certain extent in a good way like obviously Matt Riddle and Jey Uso were going to be good picks on their own but we've also talked about the strength of drafting guys involved in the tag team scene as solo competitors you know you're seeing it with Riddle and we could be seeing it with Jey Uso Jimmy's came back at this point you didn't know that was going to happen when you first drafted Jey Stephen are you excited about the possibility of another Uso title run elevating your team to new heights and possibly being the thing that allows you to challenge Jack later on in the season yeah it's a, it's a nice welcome bonus the main, the main reason I picked Uso was because of his multiple appearances with Roman Reigns you know Roman as we saw in last week's Smackdown uh, Reigns and the two Usos were all over the products which gave a nice boost for points but if they were to become a team again which there's a rumour it might happen and they sh- will probably win the Smackdown tag titles if the rumours are true that the, they're going to put the belts on the Mysterios to then get the belts on the Usos. Mm-hmm. That would be an absolute bonus. And Riddle and Orton could very plausibly over this season as well take the tag titles on Raw. Yeah, Two things I did not fathom well in the season. I mean, the picks of it, uh, to be fair, I did pick Uso and Riddle purely off the back of what happened late on in the rounds beforehand. Yeah. Uh, Sheamus and Cruz that Ryan picked if they were still available when I was picking I probably would have went with them what about Pierce and Big E uh, n- not Pierce uh, I, that, was a, that was a stroke of genius David doesn't <laughs> <I don't> know <laughs> <laughs> I, I, if, he, if he was still there round four I would have kept I would have went with him but you decided <laughs> I'm just going to snatch him in, for, in round one you know he's fine <laughs> nobody else is having them uh, uh, I, I wasn't going to pick E again I picked him last season and they burned me mm-hmm. uh, I was very high on the I wanted to have E my first round last year but Scott wasn't having it Scott wanted Kenny Omega because Kenny Omega was such a great pick for, for, for last season's team <laughs> mm-hmm. yep uh, that really was no he wasn't it was very average uh, he did fine give him peace that's a debate for another day <laughs> uh, uh, 
Cruz, I wanted Cruz. I wanted Cruz, you know. Cruz was a linchpin of my uh, last winning team of last season's window, so I thought having him would have done good, but he's, he would have been scoring less than Riddle if uh, Ryan didn't have him as his captain, so... Yeah, it's a it's a wise choice. It's, I think over a long season, I feel like I've st- I've got a great chance. If this was a short season, I'd be um, beginning to hand the title to Jack. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like he's got such a lead of a short season. But as I showed at last year's transfer window, you don't need to be high up very early on. You can start. I, I didn't become first till the week of the transfer window last season, mm-hmm. and nobody could touch me after that. So totally, very possible this year. 100%. You've got to look at it. It's the long season. It's the long game. It's the long haul. Um, and I, I do think that there is something to be said for those middle round picks elevating you up that table. When you drafted number one, you know yourself, there's the added pressure when you draft number oh, one. You expect to do well. So much pressure picking at number one, by the way. Assuming you pick like seven for eighth, you can pick some guff picks and never to be like, oh, that's all right. You picked eighth and ninth. But exactly. you pick first, if you make a, if you make a balls up, you remember a couple few seasons ago when Sarah picked Ilya, Ilya Dragunov? Oh, jeez, oh, no. oh, yeah. The one for me was Derek with you. Like that, that was just screamed first <laughs> like, time. what on earth? Yeah. You are just like, oh, no. But anyway, we'll wrap it up for today. Obviously, we'll be back next week. Backlash, WrestleMania Backlash, sorry, uh, because that's a, not a stupid name at all. Uh, that will have happened, <laughs> so we'll be discussing the impact of that on the table. Uh, but I thank Jack. Uh, what are you doing today? Hey, well, I'm celebrating. Having, having a good time, you know, okay. there's a, I've got a 20-point gap in this table, there's a 23-point gap in another table somewhere. I will be uh, watching the news, you know. What? <laughs> yeah, the wanted pictures. I, I will phone the police. I'm Don't worry, go. I am in the comfort of air, where I'll be celebrating 55, and I'll be celebrating level 2 come Monday. Okay, that's good. What about you, Dave? Uh, well, I'll be switching to my alter ego and be, be being Buff Capwell, as you so <laughs> eloquently put it. And, you know, I'll be working my way to becoming a big meaty man. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, that's catching on. Uh, Stephen, uh, have you got the flares at the ready? Uh, no, but my neighbours might. My neighbours love a firework. I don't particularly know, but no, I'm... Um, like Jack, I'll be celebrating in a low-key fashion, you know. Gary having 55 points was an absolute... Oh, that's the best. That's. I'm very happy about that. I'm very happy. <laughs> uh, he's, he's behind me in the table and he has 55 points. So it's, it's fantastic. But no, it's, uh, it's, uh, I'll have a good day, David. I'll have a good day. You and know, he's on top of Ross. And we, uh, <laughs> Wow. And we wish uh, Gary all the best best to save the libraries. All right. So we will see. <laughs> from, from me, it's goodbye. And from everyone else... Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.